Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Lipman. I am with Dan Volpone, Emily Cannell. This, the question has to start with Emily. Uh, Emily revealed to me before we started recording that there has been an update in the drama with the tree in the backyard. So Emily, please, can you share this update? Yeah. So in the tree has been cleaned up so that it has a happy ending but there has been a lot of drama in the neighborhood well between myself and the neighbors because the neighbors said that we had an agreement to do this and i was like i would not have agreed to this because i have no way of cleaning up this tree and they also said that our yard looks no different that this is how our yard always looks i was like actually there's not always a tree in our yard but hang on, hang on. Are these conversations happening in real life in person or these emails or on the phone? So my landlord has like a guy that like helps him with, I don't know. He like, like your super, like there's your landlord in the super. Yeah. Like my landlord just, my landlord is like an independent landlord and he just has someone that he works with, like his assistant that like handles things. So she was calling all these other neighbors and they were saying that we agreed to this and that someone the block captain said this is what our yard looks like and it's not Mm -hmm. and that they wouldn't be paying for it so in conclusion our landlord just bit the bullet and ate the cost and paid for someone to come and cut the tree up on friday for us so he was very nice somebody came and removed it yes but my landlord paid for it even though he shouldn't have have you seen the neighbor who did this I've not seen him yet. You haven't seen him. Oh my God. Is it a guy? I'm probably going to, it's another landlord. He's like in the middle between tenants. So if I, I never like see him. Oh my God. But if I do, I'm going to demand $50 for my broken lights. So we should get this person on the podcast and have you (laughs) argue with them. I really think I could take this to judge Judy. I think this is like a judge Judy worthy dispute personally. I think you're right. Or Jerry Springer. Did you guys know Jerry Springer was a lawyer? Yes, and he was a senator, I think. Or like a mayor, yeah, or mayor or something. I and now stop. You know Jerry Springer? I've heard the name. Do you not know who it is? I've heard the name. Oh my god. Okay, Jerry Springer had I don't know if he still does, I have no idea. Had a He's... show that was on during the day. So if you were homesick from school, this is basically what you would watch. And it was like uh, people airing out domestic disputes in public and very often fighting them, fighting each other physically. And Jerry Springer would just sort of like referee this and uh, try to resolve these issues in some artificial way. And it was a it was a very big cultural thing. Is that Emily, did I describe it right? Yeah, you did. I'm trying. I was trying to find like um, an example of like a Jerry Springer topic that was like mm. so to really give Dan like a full <laughs> idea of this. Um, but now Jerry Springer has a judge show called like Judge Jerry Springer, and I that's how I realized here like this one is like these two women. 
it, are pregnant by the same teen dad and they're getting ready to fight. So that's the kind of stuff that Jerry Springer would have on his show. Yeah, I looked up an episode log here. Uh, season 28, episode 32, spoiler alert. Uh, it's called Juicy Secrets. Abby is about to find out some damning information that may force her to reassess her marriage. Malik wants his baby mama Samara back. Uh, Eric isn't having fun playing house with his girlfriend, Krista. Um, Dan, what do you think of that? So I looked at the show mm-hmm. and it has a 3.7 on IMDb. That's so it seems, like, it seems like a must watch. <laughs> Here's another one that I think we should probably watch in the off season and review. Um, it's in an exclusive Jerry Springer. It's called I Married a Horse. And there's an image of a man kissing a horse. <laughs> so I think we should try and find that on YouTube and then Great. we should review it in the off season. That's really the off season content people want. I thought um, so. All right. So the Sixers are still out of the playoffs. Um, they won't play again until next year. Dan, I want to ask you. So one thing that we figured we could do is we could do a Sixers stay or go. We go through the whole roster. We say, uh, our preference, if they go or stay, and what they what you actually think will happen, you know. Um, my question is, we have some other like around the league stuff, some uh, other stuff going on. Dan, do you think we should do the stay or go first, or should we go around the league and do that shit first? Let's get that shit out of the way first. All right, you got it. The I feel like the most sort of germane thing that we can talk about is Ben Simmons. Uh, this was reported uh, two days ago. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, reported that uh, discussions on Ben Simmons' future with the Sixers started in Chicago this week as Clutch CEO and agent Rich Paul uh, met with Daryl Morey in the Sixers' front office in Chicago at the NBA Draft Combine. No trade request was made, but talks will continue. Uh, he threw in a little... Uh, uh, in that article, he, he said that, you know, the Sixers are still committed to Ben as part of the future, um, which is funny. Uh, I, what do you guys think of this meeting taking place? To me, it's like uh, if they're meeting with a player's agent to discuss how to proceed, it's like the answer isn't like, oh, just keep playing for the team. Like this is like the beginning of, I think, a few a few conversations that are coming uh, in terms of. Uh, him getting out of here Dan, is that your read on it as well like does this are you at all fooled by the no trade request has been made and the Sixers value Ben Simmons as part of the core I like your phrasing am I at all fooled by it (laughs) because we know I mean no I'm not like I mean I agree with you like the fact that this meeting is happening just shows that like this is the beginning of of the moving on um which you know it's you know shockingly the teaser to my answer when we do the stay or go is in my opinion yeah. the right thing to do um and yeah i mean the, the, it was it was pretty quick too right like it, no trade request was made but like he's in no position to make one at this point really right um and you know he wants another team to to want him if, if he's going to be traded and he wants to have some control over where he goes while you know starting to kind of build back his image you know it was it's not any personal attacks against him but but he's, he's definitely you know his value has fallen i don't think he would make a, a trade demand at that time to to you know keep himself in the headlines and and drop it further and kind of spend all summer reminding everyone of his play recently um but i i yeah i i really don't think that it, it you know whatever daryl's gonna say right like the Sixers are still committed to Ben in the future. Like that was basically like in exchange for the other information, like, would yeah, you have right. to, you have to throw this in, you know, yeah, we're not yeah, tanking yeah. his value that far, but like the fact that they, that they met at all to me, just, I mean, like he's not having these meetings with every player's agent about how we're going to continue towards next right. season. He hasn't, he hasn't met with, with clutch every off season to talk about Ben. I mean, it's his first one here, but you know, he hasn't done it with his other important players in the past. And Ben hasn't met with the team every off season. Clearly this is, you know, the start of something, I think. 
Daryl sat down with Anthony Tolliver's publicist to figure out how to proceed going into next season. Uh, Emily, what's your read on this report from Woj? Yeah, I very much agree with Dan, but my question is, because I don't know entirely how trades and all that stuff works. So, I mean, Ben can request a trade, but like, and say that he wants control over where he wants to go and they can have these meetings with Rich Paul, but Daryl can also just do whatever he wants, correct? Correct. Yeah, Daryl can do whatever. The, the, the main thing is that like, so many top players use, you know, clutch that some, and I don't know if this is, uh, maybe this is something that's overplayed by people on NBA Twitter and is really not the issue that people hype it up to be, but, but maybe it's not, I don't, I don't know because no one would ever, no executive would ever be like candid about this, but like Mm -hmm. are teams afraid to like fully piss off clutch like, right. you know, like, you know, if, if a team is offering a much better deal, like, obviously that's where Ben is going to go. And the Sixers still can send him wherever. But, like, if it's close, does Daryl just say, like, oh, if, you know, he prefers the one that's, like, a slightly worse offer, like, we just want to keep this agency happy? I, I don't really know. But that's something people have kind of thought about. I gotcha. Well, so I was thinking about this today, and um, it, it worries me a bit from the Sixers' perspective of, like, because it's such a high powered agency and agent in Rich Paul, like, should we be worried at all about, you know, them sort of getting ahead of this in some way, demanding a trade in a funny way and releasing here are the teams that Ben wants to go to. Like, of course, the three of us would sit here and say, you know, Ben hasn't played to the level of picking his destination, you know, like he doesn't deserve that sort of sway, but in the real world, it does, I think, matter because what they're effectively saying is go ahead and trade him to all these other places and we're going to, it's going to be uncomfortable for you and for your city, thus making all those other cities, you know, less likely to include what the Sixers would want for Ben. So, you know, is that a worry that we should have? You know, I was trying to think of these guys because usually guys end up going where they want to go. Um, you know, Harden wanted to go to Brooklyn or Philadelphia. Those are the two teams in it. Jimmy Butler had a list that he released that was like Miami and the LA teams, and he ended up getting traded to Philly. So maybe it didn't happen in that case. Um, but I do think, I mean, so like, I, I agree with your point in that, like, say, you know, some miracle, and we'll get to this later, you know, Lillard asks out, right? But if Ben says he doesn't want to go to Portland, Obviously, that makes that trade tough. Why does Portland want to? Maybe you can work out a three-team thing. But if, like, we haven't seen him do this, and we've seen his names, his name in trade rumors before. Like, we know Daryl offered him to Houston. I'm sure he had no desire to go to Houston. His value was higher, you know, then than it, it is now. And he That's really did point. nothing publicly to stop it. So I think, you know, from what we've seen, hopefully there's not that kind of trade demand coming. And they can work with Ben to, you know, find a destination he likes, you know, and maybe there's like five he doesn't want to go to and you avoid those as opposed to like five that he does want to go to and you have to exclude everyone else. Right. Um, I think that's a good point. Emily, do you have worry about this sort of, you know, them getting ahead of the Sixers on this and, and narrowing the field in this way? Yeah, I wouldn't love that. Um, I don't like the like agency power and like having to be afraid of agents. I think that's like an annoying complication to, to everything. Um, and it, it's just really then turns into like a narrative game. Like if they get out in front and here are the teams and then you think of like, I don't know how much does the general NBA fan that's not a Sixers fan, like know about how bad Ben Simmons played in the playoffs. Cause I have to say like, I didn't watch a ton of like Nuggets Clippers or was that even the series? Was it Nuggets Suns? Like, I don't even know. So like, I didn't watch those. So like our teams in the right. West watching Sixers Hawks or it's like, they did they see it with their own eyes? Did they, or did they catch a little bit of it on sports center and they're going to forget about it. And then they're going to want Ben Simmons. And then the narrative is going to be Ben Simmons is good. Like he should get to go wherever he wants to go. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it became such a punchline on the internet, uh, especially, you know, after that 
game seven and the, you know, the pass, everybody just calls it the pass. Now it's unbelievable. Um, uh, but you know, I, I, you know, Zach Lowe is talking about how he thinks that that will fade away. And, and I think when the real off season, like Ben, I don't think would get traded until the playoffs conclude, because I think Daryl wants as many teams to be able to participate as possible. Um, so I think, you know, and of course I'm sure he's waiting on, and we'll talk next about Lillard, but he's waiting on every option that there might be. Um, I don't know. I, I sort of think the memes and, and that sort of stuff won't affect much of what front offices are doing. I saw a report uh, earlier tonight that, that, that an executive said that the Sixers would get two first rounders for Ben, which is, I get that, but I don't think the Sixers want two first rounders for Ben. Like, I, I don't think that they're, unless they're just going to go ahead and flip them. I, I think that what they want is a guy, you know, they want a, a number two. So, I think we'll it would be a flip them kind of thing if that, that happened. So we'll see. I mean, this all, like, to me, there's no signs pointing to him sticking around. Like, Doc and, and Daryl, you know, tried in a in a minor way to, to sort of uh, uh, package it, you know, that, that they're committed to doing the right work with Ben. And I, I just think for everybody, it's going to it's going to go this direction. So we'll see. Uh, and uh, next thing, Damian Lillard, uh, there were reports towards the end of the season about that. Like Lillard has always been seen as this like incredibly loyal guy to uh, Portland and uh, you know, not wanting to uh, chase rings and not wanting to do super teams and all of that kind of stuff. But Chris Haynes had a, had a piece a few months ago about how like, that's sort of coming to an end and he wants to actually win and is sort of fed up with what's going on. Um, the athletic Jason quick of the athletic had a, had a report uh, a couple of days ago where he said, there are rumblings that Damian Lillard is getting antsy. The calls for Neil, Neil Olshay to make a franchise changing move are louder than ever. Uh, he also said there is a palpable sense of urgency coming from Lillard's camp. Lillard wants to win big and he wants to do it now. Um, you know, this is, that's one of two things. That's either Lillard and his agency and whatever else telling the Blazers, like, stop fucking around. Like we need to like improve this roster right now or I'm out, or it's the precursor to an actual trade demand uh, sooner rather than later. Um, what do you guys think? You know, what's your read on that sort of situation, Emily? Um, and also just what would your interest be like to get Dame to Philadelphia? My interest would be very high to get Dame to Philadelphia, but part of me thinks that because he's like this loyal guy that it's going to be an internal push for them to get Dame his guy in Portland versus like Dame wants to go elsewhere. Um I just don't know how you do that. Like, I, I don't know what pieces they have to go and do that. I, I totally, that's definitely possible. I think that's like as reasonable as anything, but I just. I mean, they I, just I gave like multiple here. firsts for Covington. So like, I they know, don't have a yeah. ton to work with. Right. So, yeah. So what do you I think? But I, I'll take him. Please. He can come. I love him. I love Dean. Yeah. Please come. He's been one of my favorite players in the league for a long time. I think he's awesome. Uh, yeah. Dan, what about you? Tell me about your thoughts on uh, what what's going on over there and, uh, you know, your Dame to Philadelphia thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely biased here in the sense that, like, this is the one piece of hope I'm clinging to for my Sixers <laughs> right now is like, hey, maybe they can still get a, a guy who fits with Joel and is, like, that good. Um, because, like, what, like, what? We're going to watch the Bucks beat the Hawks by like 40 points and feel good about this team. Like, are you kidding me? So yeah. no, like, I mean, th that's basically all I've thought about is like, Oh, what if Curry asks out? What if Lillard asks out? Like, be, I, of course I'd be interested. I would trade everything, you know, talking like if, if it's what it takes, like you don't want to overpay, but if, if that, if what it comes to in the market is you're giving Ben and Maxi and Matisse and multiple firsts, then you do it because Joel is going to be 28 when the playoffs start next year. And he has these injuries and he's huge and it's just time to go all in and like try it. If you assume he has three years left at, you know, a top five, maybe even just top 10 level, then you have to go in 
and try to win on those three years. Like I love Maxi, I love Matisse, but and I, of course I'd rather keep them. Of course I'd rather give an extra first than trade, like especially Maxi. Um, and and right. if you're giving Ben Matisse, is especially valuable. But like we're talking about Damian Lillard, like. I, we're not going to have the same conversation we did with Harden where it was like, well, do you really give that extra, like, do you really give two firsts instead of just one? Or do like, you really want to include like Maxi in a, in a Harden deal? I was like, yes, because you need the stars. The Sixers are lacking a star next to Joel and they have been. Um, and so of course I'd be all in, I would do whatever it takes. And is that like, is is it realistic to think he's going to ask out? I mean, I think it's a less than 50% chance, but you can certainly see how, like, even if it starts as like a half internal demand, half like warning that he'll ask out. And you look at this team and you don't see any real path, like, you know, not even if they had cap space or like, even for signing trades, like no one really wants to go play there. And, right. you know, McCollum's value is questionable right? Like yeah. he's like, he's being talked about in the same category as Ben. Like, I mean, Sixers, there's a good chunk of Sixers fans who after that series don't even want to give Ben for him. And yeah. like, you know, they're not in a spot where it feels like they're going to fix the roster quickly. And I mean, they lost in the first round to the Nuggets without, without Murray. Like they're not close. They're just, yeah. they're not, and they don't have the pieces to turn around quick. And so for that reason, I'm fairly optimistic that you know, there's some chance, there's some chance. Yeah, I, that combination to me, like not really knowing how they find a way to make them a legit contender, combined with just like this handful of reports now that are like, seem like him inching towards the door. The other thing, you know, the uh, Portland hired Chauncey Billups, um, who has a sexual assault allegation in his, uh, past uh, Lillard made a comment that he like wanted to see Chauncey there. Uh, he made it sound he distanced himself basically from the bill tire on Twitter uh, uh, pretty pretty quickly today. So who knows what that all means? And and you know he did. I do remember Dame saying that he wanted Chauncey there. He might not have known about this in his past. You know uh, who knows? I I like I. I feel bad that I didn't know about this in Chauncey. I didn't know much about Chauncey, honestly, um, since, uh, since he played, but uh, super terrible. And uh, so, yeah, who knows how that plays into it too. So we'll see. Um, the Boston Celtics, this was like a week ago, but we were watching the Sixers lose. The Celtics traded Kemba Walker, the number 16 overall pick, in this year's draft and a 2025 second rounder to Oklahoma city for get this Al Horford, Moses Brown, and another second round pick. I just can't believe that after a game, a year where Horford played like 30 games, maybe the Celtics traded a mid first rounder this year for him. Can't believe it. Um, Dan, what do you think of this? Are you scared that Al is back? And do you miss him? I miss him a lot, really. Yeah, uh, definitely. Just, we loved his time here. We were always a pro-Al podcast. Him, his sister, um, the whole family was great. I uh, love the family. I mean, he was always a great answer for, like, <laughs> when we were playing the uh, most likely game back in the day, and we'll probably get uh, back to in the offseason. So always a good answer for, like, who's just, like, the worst or the most boring or, like, hates the Sixers, so... <laughs> I mean, right. I, I do miss him. Um, it, it's kind of funny. I don't really understand um, this trade for Boston. He's like, is he even, I guess they'll probably start him, but like, is, is he better than Robert Williams? Probably not. Um, right. They they could have, first of all, and Kemba's probably better if he's healthy still. Yeah, he's definitely better. He's a better fit because they need a primary ball handler. Like who's going to do it smart? And right. the best part to me is that they just gave up a, a, a first. I can't believe for a mid first for a player that they could have had on that contract. They could have just signed him and they signed Kemba instead. Yeah. And even as bad as Kemba struggled, it still looked like the right decision. And they still went back to Al anyway and, and used the first to get it. I just, I don't really understand the trade at all to be like from I mean, any, from any angle. I don't understand it. The Sixers had to attach a number one to Al 
a year ago. You know what I mean? Like to get off of his contract. Well, and, and, now, and I, what have we seen from since that would make you think that was the wrong choice? I mean, Jackson Frank tweeted that I was worse this year than he was in Philadelphia. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to see that. I don't worry at all about him guarding Joel. You know, like that was a that matchup was a problem for Joel at one point. But I think this is a completely different uh, level of player that Joel is now. Uh, Emily, what do you think about uh, Al Horford back in the Atlantic division? Yeah, I used to hate playing against Horford. I hated when Horford was on our team. And now I'm like, oh, good. I'd much rather play against Al Horford than a healthy Kemba Walker. That's for certain. Um, I don't know much about Moses Brown. Is he good? I don't. Is he a child? Is he? He had one crazy game this year. I'm pretty sure he's bad. Okay. He had one crazy game this year where he had like 25 and 25. But uh, that's all I know. I think he's nothing. No offense, Moses. The value is not in Moses Brown, so I, I don't know where nothing, the value no is. <laughs> <laughs> Title of the podcast. <laughs> um, what else do we have to get? I mean, Dallas hired uh, Jason Kidd, who is shitty. Um, any comment from either of you on that? I uh, He was also bad at coaching whenever he's been a coach, and it's just you know, Rick, Rick Carlisle left the Mavericks and went to the Pacers. And in his, like, he and Luca clearly did not like each other. Um, and in his, like, opening comments, he did say, like, I hope uh, Dallas hires Jason Kidd. And people are saying, like, this is a very backhanded, Jason Kidd sucks, go take Jason Kidd sort of move here. Um, anything on that, Emily, or uh, before we move on to the rest of the stuff? Um. Not just that I think the Mavericks probably I haven't I didn't read the big big piece in the athletic about the Mavericks front office but it seems that they've just like very much mishandled a lot of situations I think Rick Carlisle is a very good coach and for him to like walk away from them with a player like Luca like they really had to suck I think yeah um, I don't love that now Rick Carlisle is in the East as a coach. I just, I think he's a good coach. And he is. Um, yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see what he does with the Pacers. Um, he, it's not like he like left because he wanted to take a break and get out of coaching. Clearly he had a job within a week. So like the Mavericks seem like a bit of a mess and the hiring of Jason Kidd does not um, like dissuade me from that opinion. It just is more evidence behind my opinion. So they seem shitty. Like, I think it was two years ago, Sports Illustrated had this big deep dive on them, uh, like their front office covering up different domestic violence things within the uh, staff of the, of the organization. Yeah. And they were like, we just didn't fire them so we could keep an eye on them. Unbelievable. Like, that was like the fucking <laughs> most crazy thing. It was a what? reporter who, like, they found out, like, was abu- abusive to women and Mark Cuban, in his defense of it, said we wanted to like keep an eye on him so that he doesn't do this to more. It's like, what? What are you even talking? Rachel Nichols did this giant interview with Cuban uh, after that happened. That uh, is definitely worth a watch for people who think that Mark Cuban is just like a fun guy from Shark Tank. Um, but they've got him. They've got Jason Kidd. They've got Chris Epps, who has his own allegation. Uh, it's just a real no thanks of the franchise. Uh, Dan, anything from you on Dallas and Jason Kidd and all that? I mean, it sucks. Like, that's two hires this offseason who have yeah. had violence against women in their past when, you know, I think everyone was kind of hoping we might see the first female head coach. Um, and the job that she seemed the furthest along for in the interview went to Chauncey Billups. Um, yeah. So, it just sucks. Dallas sucks. Um, they're clearly not committed to any change that they said that they were committed to. Um, and yeah, I don't really know what else to say. It's just, yeah, this is like, obviously like bad, like in a non basketball and non funny way. And I don't really have anything good to say other than that. It's like, it's bad. The last thing I want to say on this, who was it? Blazer's edge. I don't know if you guys saw this today, but I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, Blazers Edge. Um, they, I guess they're a blog, and they, uh, they had this. They tweeted, 
in their own words, here are some stories uh, our Blazers community needs to hear in the wake of the offer to Chauncey Billups to become the team's next coach. Five women share their thoughts. I think it's really great and important and, and well done by them. Um, and I would direct you there if you want to get some more context on that situation and, and everything else involved in it. Um, finally, before we move on to the stay or go stuff, Joel Embiid was spotted in Margate with uh, Annie, who they called his fiance, which I did not know that they were engaged. I don't know that that's confirmed by anyone okay. besides this article. Yes, that's also possible. And also, I did not read the article myself. My mother read the article aloud. Um, but Joel's in Margate. My family famously rents a house in Margate uh, for, for July of every summer. The real question I've talked to whole you guys month? about. That is bougie. Come on. <laughs> you look around. Come on. Um, what I need to talk, I've talked to you guys about how I, I firmly believe if I ever were to meet Joel, he would not like me at all because I would be so desperate for his uh, approval. Um, what do I do if I see him somewhere? Um, do I start locker room and walk up to him and talk to him and have that recorded and we can just say he was a guest? What do I do if, uh, if I see Joel? Uh, help me with this, Emily. What do you think? Hmm. Well, it's hard to say because when I saw Joel in person, <laughs> I just started to sweat a lot and hyperventilate and didn't say anything. So mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of advice for you. Um, I think just a nice, it, it kind of depends. I think if he is alone you might be able to say hi but if he's with annie and the baby i say you steer clear and yeah. let him have family time dan yeah maybe like a like a wave and like a i love you you know one of those yeah maybe one of those um he might come up to me i mean i'm a i'm pretty famous myself so we'll i guess we'll just see my mom was like, is that really him? I go, like, nobody looks like Joel Embiid walking around Margate. Like, if, if you think that that's him, that's fucking him. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't blend like, in. Like, he, no. he's standing a foot tall, at least a foot taller than everyone. Exactly. Um, all right. There you go. We'll go around the horn on each sixer. Um, I saw it tried to rank them in, in terms of, like, the easiest to least or, or least compelling to most. Um, tell me if you personally want them to stay, uh, or if you personally want them to go, uh, and whether or not you think that will happen, you know, whether you think the team will, will be on your side. The first one, the easiest one is Joel Embiid. Uh, you can also loop in some of the conversation around Joel, the all NBA team. He was on the all NBA second team, despite being second in MVP voting. Uh, it's it's harder to get outraged about this now that the Sixers have floundered in the playoffs and, and everything is bad, but that is an absolute disgrace. And I think that everybody involved in that should be ashamed of themselves to like, you know, the league made Joel eligible at forward, not because he plays forward, but because he should be acknowledged for this type of a season and because Jokic would certainly be on the first team. So the NBA gives these voters an opportunity to properly acknowledge him. But all of these media members, they go, no, but I could not. I simply could not put Joel on the first team as a forward because he doesn't play forward. What will happen when they play this game? Or do the All-NBA first team guys play the All-NBA second team guys and Joel's not a forward? It's all fake. It doesn't matter. Like, just acknowledge the people. Kevin O'Connor was arguing with Daryl saying that the 15th person would be left off of all NBA. Tough shit, Julius Randle. Sorry, friend. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Be better. Joel should be on the first team. Uh, secondly, during game four, which feels honestly like three years ago, but during game four, uh, Joel did an incredible thing. Uh, this is from Jay Blevins. Uh, he said, Joel is hosting an outdoor viewing party tonight at uh, Sunday Breakfast Rescue Mission for 100 members of the shelter to watch game four of the Eastern Conference semifinals. Awesome, really incredible thing that Joel did. Uh, unfortunately, it was a loss. It was probably a lot of agitation from everybody, but um, 
really cool uh, thing by him. And also, he this week, Keith Pompey, fr- friend of the podcast, reported that Joel fired CAA as his agency. Let me know if that, if you have any thought on that. And also, I'm going to stop talking soon. Uh, Joel's now eligible for a Supermax since he was on a an All-NBA team. He was on the wrong All-NBA team, but he is, he is now eligible for a Supermax. For me, it's very simple. Give him as much money as the league allows whenever he's available for it and, and don't think twice. Uh, Dan, any thoughts on that? Would you like Joel to stay? Would you like him to go? And what do you think the team will do? And any thoughts on everything else? Yeah, well, I want him back. He'll be back. Um, the you know, I'm glad he's eligible for the Supermax. Uh, he should have been all on all NBA first team. Of course, obviously, we all agree on that. Um, I could not care less about you know whatever third best forward or you know six seventh six best forward gets left off in exchange for the third best center. Like who's who's thinking about these things? Just stop it. <sighs> stop it. Um, the but like whatever. It's hard to be mad after. It's hard to be yeah. mad about that after everything else there is to be mad about right now. So, right, um, right. I mean, Joel's done a lot of good, um, a lot of good charity work and um, and just like good work in the community, giving to like I think really important causes, which is very cool. We've talked about that um, over the past year or so, um, and like really giving to you know communities in need around the city, which is uh, I think that that's awesome. Uh, and when it comes to his agency, I don't really know what to make of it. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. think he's gonna go with Clutch, uh, given our situation with uh, their other client on the Sixers about to probably be traded. Um, that would be surprising and and strange, honestly. Yeah, so that'd be weird. Mm-hmm. I don't really see it being a huge deal. Um, like I, I don't know. Like what is uh. What, what am I supposed to make of that? I have, I have, I have no idea. I think, you know, yeah. it, it, it might be, it might have, it probably has more to do with like, uh, you know, either personal relationships or endorsements off the court or, you know, and the he's obviously, contract, yeah, he's, about he's eligible for the Supermax. So like, there's yeah. no, he's going to get the Supermax. He's not being traded. I don't think he, you know, he doesn't want out or anything. So there's really nothing basketball court wise that I could see him switching agents for unless there's some kind of demand like i'm not going to sign the supermax unless you know you go get this level player which we've seen no indication of that being the yeah. case either so i mean I, I i don't think it's something i'm too concerned about I, I i don't even really know what to make of it but i'm guessing it's not a big deal yeah emily uh joel go ahead um i want joel back joel will be back that's honestly the most one of the most important things um the most important thing probably for the Sixers if Joel didn't come back things would fall apart quickly and we would all be in a state of devastation so I think that will happen in terms of all NBA teams obviously he should have made the first all NBA team it's interesting I want to know like if there's slight shade in like whether you put someone as a forward or a center like Rachel Nichols, I think, voted Joel like first team All NBA center, and then made Jokic a forward. And I just want to know if there's like slight shade in that. I think it's kind of funny. Oh, um, that's it. Yeah, that's what it looks like. You know, it's like, well, I think he's the real center, and you're a forward. So, like, I don't know. I just think it's funny. I also love Rachel Nichols, and so I'm happy that she put Joel on the first team. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel does great things for the community. I love him so much. <laughs> I think between like, we've talked about it before, but the like paying for the, the salaries and he did donated a lot to like COVID antibody research. And he, this thing with um, the mission is great. I think it also just seems like I've said this to you guys that he doesn't, you know, seem to, and I'm sure it's just all a finely crafted thing, but it comes off to me that he doesn't he isn't doing it for the publicity. I think he's just doing it because he's a good person. Um, I think he's probably seen a lot, like, you know, not that he came from like, of he was poor in Africa or anything, but I think probably, you know, moving and struggling and not knowing the language, he's just gone through some struggles in his life. And so he, and 
he relates to people. And then in terms of the agency, I know he at CAA, he was rep by Leon Rose, I believe, who left to go work in the Knicks front office. And then he got it right. and he was super close with him. Um, and then he got a new agent. So I guess that that wasn't really working out. Um, as long as he has a good a clutch, I'm fine. It is interesting, though, that like I feel like CAA has like eight trillion agents like he like it's that's the biggest agency in like the world. So it's interesting mm-hmm. to like leave them completely versus just switching agents. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think yeah. we'll get the super max. So shouldn't be too hard to negotiate it. Given yeah. The like don't, don't what, like injuries. Shut, shut up. Like he's great. He's the best there is like, just pay him. Oh, if it doesn't work out, we'll all be like absolutely heartbroken, but you can't Maybe he'll like hire like, Tobias Harris's you know, dad. Would love that. That would be great. Um, Keep it in the one family. down, 16 Sixers to go. This is going to be a five-hour podcast. Um, we can sort of burn through some of the lesser-known Sixers. Speaking of which, Gary Clark was on a two-way contract. Emily, would you like him back, and will he be back? Um. I have nothing against him, but I'm going to have to say that I don't want some people back. So I'll say I don't want him back. I don't think he'll be back. There were many times when I asked who is that man in street goes oh, yeah. on the bench <laughs> and it was Gary Clark. So right. we'll go with him. No, thank yeah. you. Story's lovely. I don't, I feel bad saying anything. <laughs> Dan, I don't know you? anything about him. Yeah. I mean, he, he like didn't actually play for the team. So I guess I'll say he won't be back and I don't, really need him back I mean like if they bring him back I won't complain but like I can't say like I want him back I've never really even seen him please like what I have yeah. no connection with him as a fan like yeah um the opposite of no connection with him Rage on Tucker I fucking loved Rage I loved him so much I he seems like a good defender to me he might not actually be one but he's certainly fully energetic he dunks crazy in warm-ups uh, I love his energy on the bench. I really hope he's back, and I don't think he will be. Dan, you? Yeah, I, I want him back. I don't think he'll be back. Uh, he's cool. He's fun to watch. Um, yeah. And from things we've heard, he's been like a like a really good like practice player, like working hard with the with the starters and stuff. Um, but no, I I don't think he'll be back. He's just he just seems too much like the kind of guy who like everyone wants back, but like he's not that young, he's not that right. good, and they're just gonna give a shot to a, a different guy because like he's he's really what is he twenty seven? So like he's on a two way, so you'd think they'd get a younger guy on that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would guess. Emily, um, so Rajon Tucker is only twenty three. Oh. Why did I think he was so much older? I don't know. Are you thinking of Anthony Tolliver? <laughs> no, he's old. all right. Well, now I feel better about a chance to be back. I've been thinking he was one of the, an older player this entire year. Nope. Ah, that's cool. He was undrafted in 2019, so it's like his third, his oh, yeah. third year. Yeah. There you go. What's your call on Rajon, Emily? Um, I want him back and I'll say he'll be back. I think Rajon, the way that uh, the dunk contest is going, I think Rajon's our chance at a title next year, honestly. Mm. The, the one title we all want, dunk contest winner. That would be so fun if he was there. But it would be really fun. So I say yes and yes. Um, Anthony Tolliver. Uh, Dan, go ahead. I know you had something you wanted to say about Anthony Tolliver, so you can just take the floor here. No and no. <laughs> Great. Emily? <laughs> um, I will go no and no as well. So I'll go no and no as well, but I will remind you that the Sixers signed him to a contract that has a year, which includes next year. Uh, I think as a clear way, you know, for Anthony Talbert, he gets some guaranteed money. And for the Sixers, they get another salary they can throw in a trade. So my guess is He's gone. He doesn't play for the Sixers next year because he's included in some trade, uh, probably on draft night or something. Um, next up, Mike Scott. Uh, I'll start. I do not. Well, Zainab. Gotta love Zainab. Uh, I feel sad that uh, uh, I don't want him back because I don't think he's good. 
Um, some part of me thinks that he will come back, like <laughs> that he will come back and be playing crunch time minutes for the Sixers next season. But uh, against that, I will say no and no. Emily. Um, I'm going to say no and, and yes, just because Doc is obsessed with him. And <laughs> I think he's going to like pull some strings and have him stay, which I do like Mike Scott. So I, not his like play per se, but him as a person mm-hmm. um, and his like presence. So it's, it's Me tough too. to say like, no, I don't want him back, but there are better players that could help this team more than him. Yeah. Uh, Dan, Mike Scott, stay or go? Like, I don't want him back, obviously, but, like, if we're going to, like, give him a minimum contract and, like, waste the roster spot because, like, a lot of fans like him, I wouldn't be be mad about it. You know, if that's going to make people happy, then there you go. Then it's worth it. Uh, I I really doubt he'll be back. Um, I don't want him back as a basketball player, but everyone seems to really like him. So if that'll make – you know, if that'll make some of our friends happy, then I hope they bring him back in that regard. But no, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. And we, we talked about, uh, I think with Zainab, the possibility of him being our Udonis Haslam. Uh, I just make him and uh, like a development skills coach. That'd be great. Um, Isaiah Joe, uh, you know, he wore that turtleneck at the beginning of the year. Emily, do you want him back? Do you think he will be back? Um, I say yes and yes. Daniel. I also say yes and yes. Um, also, I was a little bit distracted. I was thinking about why I thought Rajon Tucker was so old. And I think it's because Norvell was so old. And I kind of just mm-hmm. assumed that these guys are older. <laughs> <laughs> Nor- Norvell definitely was. I think he actually is. Um, yeah, I, I think Isaiah Joe will be back. And I think he'll be somewhere in the rotation, at least in the regular season. So I'm excited for that. Uh, B-Ball Paul friend of the podcast bring him back absolutely do we have a unanimous on b-ball paul one him back will be back yep yes great uh Furkan Korkmaz is a free agent he's talked about wanting to come back uh to Philadelphia I I don't know I'm sort of over it with Korkmaz I like he's fine he's certainly a rotation guy I wouldn't pay him much of anything you know Sixers have so such little money to deal with and you know they have his bird rights still I wouldn't I say no and no honestly to to Furkan I think that they can improve that spot on the team Dan what about you well I mean like obviously on the contract he's on now I love him back he's not going to get that contract but if something happens and he's and he goes for nothing I'd be happy to have him back if he's I think, like you know, if the Sixers can sign him for like seven or eight million, and then you can use that as a as a as a trade chip, you know, that salary, then I would want him back for that mm-hmm. also. Like you know, if if you know the plan is to eventually, you know, make a trade, um, but I don't like it. Like you said, like in terms of a basketball player, I really don't like. I'm not dying to have him back. I, I think he's yeah. he's he's fine. There's sometimes he looks really good if he gets hot. And he's, you know, has some, a couple, he had a couple, I think, really solid defensive games this year. Um, and of course, when the shot's working, it looks, it looks great. Um, but no, I don't really need him back. And honestly, I don't think he will be back. Emily? I'm going to say, well, from a basketball perspective, I don't really need him back. Like, I do think he made improvements this year, especially defensively. And, but he's not, he shouldn't be starting. And I know we had injuries, but he shouldn't be starting in playoff games. So like that is, he's not good enough for that. Um, but it makes me sad because he's like, I want to be back. I think of Philadelphia as my home. And then I like turn into like a bleeding heart and I'm just like sign him to a lifetime contract, let him live out <laughs> his days here. Um, but so, but I don't, I don't think he'll be back. We already cut him once. And then no one wanted him. And we're like, okay. True. And he demanded a trade. And so, as we were talking about that, you know, he really did. Um, so I, I'll say no-ish and no. Yeah. Um, Dwight Howard, we're a very pro-Dwight podcast. He's going to be 100 next year. Um, you know, I think that 
people will care less about Dwight if we have a point guard who can shoot, because I think, you know, the fact that Dwight didn't fit with the point guard uh, bothered me more uh, with, with the point guard than it did for Dwight. But certainly, you know, he's not a perfect player. We had him on the minimum. Uh, he can't defend in space, certainly. And, and he, you know, does one thing and also makes a whole lot of stupid plays. Um, I would like him back in a third center position. Um, so we would rely on him less. And I just love his personality. I can't believe I'm saying I love Dwight Howard's personality. Um, my guess is that he is not back, uh, given his age and given his performance against Atlanta. Uh, Emily, what about you? Yeah, I, I would say I want him back and I, I think he'll, I don't really think he'll be back, but I want to think he'll be back. <laughs> so, cause I'm like, who else is signing Dwight Howard? Like you say, like after his performance in Atlanta, like who, that was terrible. Like, so mm-hmm. people are like, he's unplayable, is that, but is Dwight Howard going to retire now? Like, I don't see that either. So maybe yeah. he just comes back and hangs out and does the frosty thing which I would be fine with paying like a million dollars to do that done. Right. I'll sign the check. Dan? Yeah. I mean, of course I would love to wipe back. I don't think we'll be back though. I mean, for, for the reasons that you said. Yeah. Uh, George Hill has a $10 million option um, that I think would just be very useful in trades. Uh, he didn't play very well for the Sixers. I, I was uh, hoping and expecting him to play much more effectively than he did. Um, uh, I, but still, I would bet that he's not done being a productive player. So if he's in the rotation, I think he would be, uh, fine. And I think the contract is useful. I guess the question is really, do they use, do they trade that contract in the off season or does he make it to the year? I'm going to guess that, uh, that he stays, uh, he's on the roster game one and I would also like him to be back mainly for the contract purposes. Yeah, that's basically my thoughts. I mean, I don't really care to have him back, I guess, but I wouldn't, I mean, I would pick up that, I would pick up his, his, I mean, I guess it's not, it's not an option. It's a, it's just a non-guaranteed contract. I would, you know, keep him on the team, let the deal become guaranteed. I wouldn't cut it. Right. Um, and I would, you know, I, I agree. I think he'll be back to start the year, um, but I, I think he would probably get traded maybe around the deadline. Um, or like a $10 million expiring for the Sixers to go make a move. So uh, I think it's the right move to bring him back and use him as salary. And I think that 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 won't be used until in the season, but in terms of on the basketball court, uh, uh, what do we really see? Emily? Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. It's just like there was nothing really going on (laughs) basketball-wise, but his salary is valuable, so. All right, Matisse Dival. Um, we get into sort of, you know, he's a very, he would be a very valuable trade chip if we add him to Ben. What do you think, Dan? I'm going to say he's back just because we've talked about, you know, I, I I don't think trading Ben makes Matisse like untradeable by any means. Um, because you still, you know, you'll always have a good defense for the most part with Joel back there. I don't think our other descend our other defenders are a disaster at all, right? Like, I mean, Danny Green's fine. Like, certain, I mean, he didn't do a good job on Trey Young one on one that one game. But like, what what an awful ask! Like, you don't have to. That was a doc problem. That's not a Danny. You you also like, it's a team. It's a team thing to play defense, and it's a it's a team thing to be accountable for Trey Young. So to just like, there's there's something in between you know, have Ben on him the whole time and throw your best defender at him or just like, oh, let's put Danny Green on him. Like there's an in-between there. There's like, you know, have everyone keep an eye on Trey. You switch onto Trey. And and I think the Sixers are, are a non-disaster on the perimeter and they have Joel back there. So I don't think Matisse is untradeable with Ben. That said, I think Ben is traded before the season. I think that the Sixers would like to hold on to Matisse if they trade Ben. I think like his defense is very valuable. He's able to play more minutes and really in any lineup, if, if Ben is gone, you know, he's, you don't have to worry about yeah. the awkward, you know, Ben Matisse and a non-shooting backup center situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 
I think that the Sixers would try hard to keep him, even if they move Ben. Uh, even if you know Matisse has his own value, you try you, his own value. You try to trade something else. So I'll say, you know, of course I do want Matisse back, and I I, I think he'll be back. Emily, what do you got? I'll say I want him back, and I think he'll be back. I agree with that. I think that uh, you know if he becomes like a thirty-five percent three-point shooter, which he was his. Uh, rookie season I think he's just like a pretty surefire starter for this team um without Ben on it uh so uh there's a lot of moving pieces there but we'll see uh Emily tell me about Shake Milton stay or go uh, um I'm only having trouble with this because I feel like well I, I'll say I want Shake back but mostly because I like him and he's young and I think he has potential in this league, but I don't, there's one of Matisse, Shake, and Maxi that are going to probably have to be in the Simmons deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm just like, who is that one person? And I don't know. And I think I would prefer it to be Shake out of the three, but I probably isn't because it doesn't make as much sense. So I don't know. I give no Um, definitive answer. That's great. Answer. Perfect. All right, write that down. Uh, Dan, Dan, what about you? Do you want Shake back, and do you think he'll be back? I do want Shake back, and I do think he'll be back. Um, he's on a great contract. It, here's here's my thing. Like, if we're trying to keep, like, you know, if we're trying to keep Matisse, and and we're we're giving up a young guy, like. Obviously, Maxi has more value. Like, I'd rather keep Maxi, but like, Shake is not moving the needle on anything. Like, I like Shake. I want him back. Like, I think he's I a good player. Saying, I don't yeah. think he's nearly as bad as you know his his month, couple month long slump. I think we've seen great potential from from Shake and, and Maxi's better. And and Maxi is, I think you know, kind of more fun as a player. And and he's much younger. And he's I think has higher potential and he's and he he's fast which is just fun the Sixers don't have a lot of fast going on but like other teams want that guy and and if if you're really going for a big move which I think the Sixers have to like um yeah I think shake like shake is not doing it you know shake is no one is like you know we like the Sixers offer but like we wouldn't take it and it's like wait 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 we'll give you shake and they're changing their mind like that's just I don't think it's I don't think it's realistic to expect that that's all it takes. That's like, you know, the, like if we're saying, you know, we're all comfortable to, to get rid of Ben and we, and we want to bring in a star, like if, you know, fingers crossed, that's an option. Like you're going to have to part ways with someone you really like, you know, you're not just going to give the players you don't like and get a star. I don't want to do that though, Dan. I agree. I don't either. I love, I love, I love, you know, Maxi and, and Matisse's, a lot of fun too, but I just can't see Shake being the guy that you throw into that deal and get that done. I know. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. I think that uh, I think that uh, I'd like Shake to say I think that he can be more consistent and be like a very solid uh, rotation guy. And yeah, I agree with you that I don't think he moves the needle very much on the trade market. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, Dan, what do you think? Uh, do you want him back? And is he back next year on the Sixers? Yeah, of course I want him back. I'd love him back. Uh, I, I mean, I I would rather even giving Ben. I would rather keep him than Matisse. I would say. Mm-hmm. Like I just think he's he just looks so good, and and he's he shows such heart out there. Even the t- some of the tougher Sixers moments of these playoffs. I, I think other teams want him, and I think if the Sixers really want to make a move, then maybe that requires giving Maxi. So I'll say. Maybe he's not back, and that sucks. I'll, I'll say no. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think one of those guys would have to probably go if if we're serious about the kind of deal. I hope we are, and and I hope is available. And maybe that is probably Maxi. Like he's the guy people want. That would really suck. I, I he's one of my favorite players on the team easily, but I'll, I'll I guess I'll say no, which is really sad to, to say. Yeah, he's really good. And a lot of this comes down to, like, who's the Ben trade for? Because 
if the bench trade is for Dame, then we need a ball handler point guard left. But if the bench trade is for like Zach Levine or CJ, then you still need a point guard, in which case I'd really like to keep Maxi and, and watch him develop. Definitely um, would not give Ben and Maxi in a CJ trade. Definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. Um, yeah, I don't even want to do I like the Ben for CJ thing is just like that doesn't I don't know. He's good, but he I don't think he can be the second best guy on a championship team and maybe the Sixers would get better, but I, I don't know if they get through Brooklyn with that. I don't know. That's a conversation for another time. Um I would love Maxi back and I will predict that he is back. Yeah. Uh Emily, what about you? Stay or go, Tyrese Maxi. Yeah, I'll say, well, obviously I want him to stay. Yeah. And I will say that he does stay. I'm going to, I'm going to hope that the Ben trade is a, I, the, the Ben and Matisse trade, as much as it mm-hmm. hurts me to say that it really, it's one of those, it's one of those two guys that has to go. Right. Right. And that hurts a lot, and I don't and like that's, it. I mean, that's our assumption given the series Ben just had. It's sort of like right. the tax for that is that now you have to give up a young guy that you like. Well, and that's part of our hope that, like, you know, we all mm-hmm. just said earlier, we want Lillard. And, like, yeah. Lillard is not Ben and, you know, a couple bad salary pieces and the picks. It's like Ben and at least one of our two good young guys, if not both, and the right. picks at this right. point and so yeah both I mean, would I, hurt so much both would be yeah. so really tough i agree with you emily though i mean i think i obviously prefer to keep Maxi, but it's obviously yeah I mean, who knows who knows if if we if we have that option but yeah um all right now to round out the starter seth curry uh he's on a great contract he shot incredibly well in the playoffs and got like mercilessly hunted on defense by atlanta uh, we said this after game seven, but the problem is that they were relying too much on Seth Curry. And like, it's not Seth Curry's fault that he is the size that he is. Uh, I would love him back, especially as the sixth man. And that's sort of my prediction is that he's back, but in a lesser role that uh, takes a little more pressure off of him. Emily, what do you say about uh, Seth? There you go. Yeah, definitely stay, especially on his contract. Um, and I think he'll be back, so. Damn. He's Doc's son-in-law, for God's sake. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's got to be so weird. I always think about that, like like how weird that would that would be. But yeah, um, I think he'll be back. I want him back. So, yeah. Um. All right. Uh, Danny Green is a free agent. Uh, Doc Rivers apparently wants him back. Uh, I think that there's a lot of reasons that it makes sense to have Danny back. Um. Yeah, Dan, what do you say? Do you want Danny back, and do you think he will be back? Very much want Danny back. Uh, obviously, he's a free agent, so he doesn't have to come back if he doesn't want to. I hope he wants to, and I think I think he'll be back. Emily? I agree with Dan. I want him back. I think he has magical ring-getting powers, and <laughs> I think he'll come back. Uh, yeah, definitely want him back. I think that also if you resign, you know, the Sixers can resign him because they have his bird rights and that would be a very tradable contract if they need to make something happen at the deadline. And also I just think he makes the team better whenever he's out there on both sides. And I also think he played really well with Joel. So I'd love to have him back. I thought he was a really good Sixer this year. Uh, Tobias Harris, uh, he wrote a beautiful caption on Instagram uh, that was just great. And uh, just saying all the things about how they weren't good enough and how they will be better. And uh, it's absolutely pandering. And I ate it up. And uh, no word from Ben, which I think is fairly notable. Uh, but Tobias and Joel posted very similar things. Uh, I love Tobias. Do I want him back? I don't know. I He was great this year. He's much better. I think I would say, yeah, I would want him back. But I have a sneaky suspicion that after this better year and now with one year less on this contract, Daryl might make a move with him. I don't know what that move is, though. Like, I don't know that there is a trade out there that brings the Sixers more value than Tobias currently adds. But just as a sort of uh, outlier or or, or, uh, 
whatever sleeper, I will say that Tobias is not back because he is traded uh, this summer. I don't know what it would be for, though. Uh, Emily, what do you think about Tobias? Um, I'm going to say I want Tobias back, and I think he'll be back. Um, just I just think he will. That's all I think. Yeah. It's a giant contract, so, yeah, I don't know what the right thing would be. Dan? Yeah, I think Tobias is a much better fit being able to play just like the normal full-time four on both ends of the floor. Right. Um, I think that he's, you know, if he is able to take on less of the offensive load, he could be possibly more valuable, although he's still a bit of a just like a slow – decision maker and mm-hmm. slow everything um, and depending on who we get maybe it's a player we would want to get away from um, or maybe more of a style we'd want to get away from I Tobias had a very good year I think that everyone saying you know the contract is now worth it is is getting you know a little too excited about it mm-hmm. um, I still you know if they could trade him for a solid piece then I would do it. If they could trade him for like a good player on a better contract or like, you know, a few good players that like are like starter level players. Right. Um, which I think ultimately Tobias is like a high end starter, but like a non all-star. Um, right. I don't really see that happening and I'm not uh, like going to get upset about it and think about like, you know, Oh, the contract and like, if they could you know get some value here or there, like, I think he'll be back. I don't think anyone wants to trade for him still. And that's fine. Like, I, I guess I'd say I'd, I, I want him back as a player. You know, if I would, I would be, I would want him not back if I thought that there was a real opportunity to get like good return. And yeah. like, I don't want to like sal- dump salary with picks. Like he's still like a good player. Um, so, and we still wouldn't have cap space. So um, yeah, I want, I, I, I guess I, I'll say I want Tobias back. And I, I do think we'll be back. I I would be surprised if there was a real market. Finally, this is actually going to be a pretty quick one because we've talked about Ben a ton and, and will continue to. But uh, I want him gone and I think he'll be gone. Uh, do we have consensus on that as our final sixer here? Yep, for me. Yes. Well, thus rounds out. Pictures stay or go um, on this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, do you guys have anything else before we get out of here? No. Nope. nope. Um, Dan's already in bed, so Dan's off to sleep. Uh, as as will uh, all of us be. Good to talk to you guys. Maybe we'll do a whatever it's called green room this week. Uh, otherwise, we'll be back with another episode next weekend. Thank you all for listening. Good to see you both. Um, good night to you guys. Good night to Andrea. Good times. See ya. Good night. Good night. <laughs>